Welcome to another episode of High Output AI, where Elliot and Tom discuss all the tools and techniques that make AI happen. I'm doing good. I'm doing very good. I'm also being a good boy. I'm drinking the booch, not the beer. Oh, the booch. Fair enough. Are you drinking it out of a wine glass for those only listening to the show? Well, so I... kind of counts. Well, my wine glasses are also my water glasses, so Ooh. I've got stemless. Uh, this guy wears cargo pants, you can tell. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's get stuck into this episode, mate. What are we talking about this week? So this week we wanted to follow up off last week's episode, which was where would we put our money and where would we invest our money, which startups would we invest our money into? This week we're going to look at where people are actually investing their money. <laughs> yeah, people that know what they're doing. Um, and where AI VCs are putting their money is the specific question we want to follow this week. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at a few different things. We're going to look at all the go- all the big names, the usual names, see what they're doing, what their strategy is, who they've invested in. There'll be a bit of overlap in names from the previous week. Then we're going to look at some of these new funds that are coming out and new fo- sole AI focused funds. Cool. Yeah, so... Yeah, to kick it off, a uh, little bit of an overview of um, kind of the state of venture capital as we kick things off. Mm-hmm. So, 2022, 2020, post-COVID through to kind of halfway through 2022, some of the most, probably the most, I might be getting this number wrong, but the most amount of capital probably ever in venture capital was deployed. Valuations went crazy and a whole new industry sprung up such as crypto. Since halfway through 2022, there has been a severe crunch on on uh, funding and valuations, partially because interest rate rises and inflation have caused people to be a little bit more risk-averse with their money, partially due to many other factors as well. But the thing that's come out the other side of all of this has been AI seems to be the place that people want to play in. They see it as a massive uh, technology shift, the new frontier, and there are, everyone is doing something in AI, whether it is AI-focused or investing in companies that are very, very AI, uh, have AI as a core capability. There is, in venture capital, it seems to be a bit of a tale of two cities at the moment where if you don't do AI, it's going to be very tough for you to fundraise, but if you do focus on AI and you do solve a problem using AI, you might have quite a fair bit of interest. So that's a little scene setting. And now it's got his, I've just Googled something interesting face on. <laughs> what has he Googled? <laughs> I was just having a look at one of the funds you put down as as a new fund, and I thought they were around for a while. They are, Why? but they raised a new fund. So Sound Ventures has been around for a while. Oh, the one I was thinking of was Gradient Ventures, but they've only been around since 2017. I yeah. thought they were much older than that, but I must be thinking of somebody yeah. else. But let's, not, but, uh, let's not jump the gun too much here. So let's uh, let's jump into it. Let's jump into the big names first. So we've got five on the list here. A16Z, Sequoia, New Enterprise Associates, or NEA, SoftBank, and then Y Combinator, the infamous Y Combinator. So we'll probably start with A16Z as they are probably the most famous and one of the largest um, 
venture capitalists out there. They so far have made some pretty major investments into character AI, Hippocratic AI, and also interestingly, Open AI. They were part of a 2023 raise, which the 2023 raise, which valued them uh, Open AI at close to 30 billion dollars. So they got a little a little sniff of Open AI there. But interestingly to me, A16Z has not identified it as a focus area. They have healthcare, they have bio, they have crypto. And they're still posting a lot of content about crypto in there, but they haven't identified AI and ML as a growth area. And it seems to be that a lot of their investment in this space is coming out of their growth and bio funds. So, for example, um, Hippocratic AI, which is medical focus, came out of their bio fund. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, that comes back to that thesis that we posed a few weeks ago about whether AI in itself was a product or whether it was going to be a feature in a lot of other products. Um, mm. And you know, we'll get to this when we talk about Y Combinator. There's a little bit of room for both. But do you think this signals that Andreessen Horowitz sees AI as a sort of a feature or a foundational part of many different sectors as opposed to something they want to focus on AI for AI's sake? I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to caveat it with they've identified generative AI as a major disruptor. Mm. Um, so a sp- specific part of the AI space being the generative AI space, and it was they they had a content piece they had, and they had a con a piece of content and the link will be in the show notes on basically how anything human generated is at risk, and if you if you if you take that as your investment thesis, it means there's kind of two things you could invest in one is the foundation models which are hard to pick which they've gone and done with open ai um well uh, sorry the foundation and the important models to begin with so they've gone ahead and done that with open ai or you sit around and you wait for specific use cases to pop up to replace certain human jobs so for example i don't know some architecture ai company that pops up and maybe have they invested in Harvey? No, that was Sequoia. But yeah, so, and maybe that's it. Maybe they're just waiting for some of these B2B SaaS companies that are going to come through and take away some human jobs through generation um, to pop up. Yeah, it could be. I mean, they're they're the crew that famously put out the software is eating the world pieces, yeah. aren't they? So, yeah, it's interesting to think about how they're positioning AI potentially eating software for lack of, yeah. I guess, to double down on their terminology. Yeah, I have heard people say in cheek that it's switched from software is eating the world to AI is eating the world now. Yeah. I mean, they have, uh, they have a lot of capital that they're managing. So, I mean, yeah. I'd imagine a lot of this goes into AI and it seems like they are making a lot of the bigger bets, right? I, th- I I think so as well, but I also just think that they, as it is still incredibly early days, and these are big, massive companies, and they take a little while to move. Like A sixteen Z obviously is at the at the uh, the cutting edge of tech, but they're not at the bleeding edge. So, and they are starting to dabble their dabble dabble their toes. You know, they haven't made zero investments, starting to dabble to their toes, and they're starting to learn the space so although they're not 
although they haven't come out and identified it as a growth area, maybe they've learned some lessons from crypto and they shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't yeah. generate deter- yeah. say things after six months of it. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I'm sure that uh, has had a little bit of an effect on their their internal positioning on this stuff because, uh, yeah, that didn't go as well, I'm sure, as they hoped. Yeah, but they did invest in Coinbase very early and it IPO'd, so they probably did fine in the end of the day out of crypto too. <laughs> yeah, look, their ROI is uh, significantly higher than, uh, than mine, so I'm not here to judge. <laughs> so moving on to Sequoia... Um, and I will say that Sequoia seemed to be the one that was going in the hardest. Um, they've invested in OpenAI, Hugging Face, and Harvey AI, which we mentioned last week. Now, they've made about 21 AI investments starting back in 2018, and it's really ramped since 2022. They invested in Hugging Face in 2020, I think so. OG. Yeah, good on them. Yeah. So... Sequoia seems very excited about it. Um, and yeah, however, I will say that they've backed more than th- they've made about 21 investments uh, in the space that I could see on their website. Uh, but if you compare it to crypto, they've made about 30. So it's still from a pure number. Obviously, that's not the size of the investment. It's still uh, not the biggest, not, not, not the biggest in the portfolio. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, this seems to be. A trend, at least amongst a couple of the big names here, and if we you know, added Microsoft to the list, like investing in open AI or I guess on the flip side, people investing in, in companies like Stability seems to be a big bet on that mm. sort of foundational model thesis rather than any sort of application-specific vertical. Yeah, I think there's just so much moving around at the moment that it's pretty hard for you to take bets on industry specific AI and so you you go cross cut it you go cross cutting so the tools that will be applicable to AI industry itself um, and every now and again a use case specific like a character AI or a Harvey AI will pop up and you and you make that and you just take that bet yeah yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense um Next one was New Enterprise Associates, NEA. I really couldn't find many here, but they had invested in Perplexity Search, which is something we've mentioned on the show before, and Whisper AI. And interestingly as well, they just raised a $6 billion fund at the end of 2022. So they're good to go. They are good to go. Um, and And I did say AI was part of the thesis in that fund, but it was also said amongst words like fintech and a bunch of other things. So I'm not sure how true and focused they are on AI, but they do do a lot of healthcare stuff. And if and if you just think about the companies that are coming through the system at the moment, we'll get to that in a minute with Y Combinator. The, it's just likely that a lot of these companies coming through the system are going to have some AI component to them. Yeah. And so you, they will probably end up investing in quite a few AI companies just by being focused on the healthcare and the biospace. Yeah, definitely. That that does seem to be a trend and I'm sure like, I mean, with pretty much every company raising money at the moment, you've got to think that they're looking one way or another to throw a bit of chat GPT in amongst their pitch deck slides. So, yeah. you know, I guess it's hard, it's hard in a way to differentiate here whether it's a, AI-focused strategy 
because the VC has picked AI as an interest area or because literally every company under the sun is calling itself an AI company right now to uh, hopefully help with some of those valuations. Yeah, yeah. Um, so moving on to the next one, which was SoftBank. I couldn't find any major AI strategy amongst SoftBank and its vision fund. They've you know, touched a few companies here or there, but it is interesting to note that they do own ARM <laughs> and yeah. uh, tried to sell it to NVIDIA a while ago and are considering an IPO of it at the moment. Um, so yeah, they, uh, they're pretty exposed to <laughs> the trends that will be pulling this uh, space forward, but uh, I couldn't see anything where they're focused directly on um, AI companies that are building AI products. They've also been absolutely smashed over the last six to 12 months as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, historically, I know SoftBank have done a lot of stuff in the robotics space, which while it's not as in vogue as the current wave of generative AI, naturally has a lot of AI stuff in there. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure they have that within their portfolio. But yeah, you're right. Like they're in a, a soft spot. And I guess... Yeah, it seems reflected in a lot of the strategies from these four that we've talked about who are typically later stage as opposed to like seed and angel rounds taking bets on safer theses really because as you say, interest rates are playing a big part here. These companies need to make a return and they need to convince their LPs that you know their money is going to be better off with them than and just sitting in a high-interest uh, government uh, bond at this point in history. And, and I think, you know, they need to sell the idea that the things that they're investing in are going to be fundamental, whether it's ARM, whether it's OpenAI, uh, or are really leaders in the space, uh, which, you know, Hugging Face, I think, sits out as, as one good example of that. Um, but, yeah, I think it's kind of a sign that the risk appetite, while there's still money flowing around it and huge swathes of money, don't get me wrong, the the risk appetite at this level does seem to have shifted. Yeah, the only the only thing that I'll caveat there is that like take New Enterprise Associates, right? They just raised a $6 billion fund. The way fund works, uh, you've got 10 years from the day you raise it. So 1st of January, 2023 for, for NEA until... 31 December 2032, they've got to get their money back to their investors at that point. Now, if startups take kind of seven years, five to seven years to do something and see an exit, it means you kind of got to get all that money out the door within the next two to three years. So there is, they might be sitting in waiting and seeing what's going to emerge at the moment but some of these people are just going to have to deploy and you did actually mm-hmm. see i can't remember which fund it was it might have been sequoia but they actually gave money back recently maybe it might have been Greylock. even they gave money back because they're like there's too much we we can't take this money and we can't deploy it and if we do we could torch it all so we don't want to do that yeah yeah and i think for these big incumbent funds they have a lot of reputation on the line yeah. here. You know, it's not a brand new Elliot and Tom's AI extravaganza fund that if we cook it up, you know, we don't raise fund two, but who cares? You know, yep. Andreessen Horowitz, if they mess up investor sentiment and they can't raise another round, which I think 
to be honest, would be really hard for them to do. That's that's a big deal across a number of different funds. Yep. And also as well, I think it's like pretty important that these funds, well, any of these four that we mentioned, don't mess it up because it would be terrible for the industry. If A16Z doesn't return money to shareholders and fund uh, participants in the fund, if A16 can't do it, there's like just going to be so much less money that flows into the into the system. So, yeah, yeah, and I, look, I think from a like fund strategy point of view, it makes sense as to why someone like Andreessen Horowitz wouldn't have an AI specific fund, in that you know they can spread the risk of AI hype yeah. cycle dying down across a number of different sectors, um, and that way, you know, if AI and generative AI isn't the new hotness, but, you know, bio is still big, they can return on that fund and, and sort of spread that risk a little bit more. Yeah, and also as well, it's like if you raise a $5 billion AI fund, which, you know, A16 Z doesn't get out of bed for less than billion dollar funds, I assume. Like, it's a lot of AI investments you got to make and do you back yourself to make that over three years? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. So talk talk me through what's happening at YC, mate. Yeah, so I uh I did a bit of grunt work for this podcast in that I uh I looked at the listing of the YC winter twenty twenty three batch, which is a, a red hot two hundred and seventy companies, and I opened a new tab for every single company that looked even partially AI related. <laughs> Had a read of what they're doing and, and put them into some broad categories. I kind of love that we're an AI podcast and we're still doing incredibly manual work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, man, like data prep is is ninety percent of the work still, right? So, um, yeah, look, I two hundred and seventy in the cohort, and look, this was this may not be a perfect methodology. It was just based on what I could see. I pulled out anything that look to have AI in there, whether that was shipping AI as a product or had AI within their product. I made some exclusions. I didn't consider analytics type products to be AI uh, or general data science that didn't feel like it was riding this AI wave. Of that batch, 95 uh, were, by my criteria, uh, AI-related. So a so third that's plus the, or minus. What's that? A bit more than like 40% plus or minus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So about, yeah, 40% of those companies, um, which, you know, that in itself is not necessarily surprising. It's a, it's a popular time uh, to be in AI. Uh, the winter batch, let me just double check exactly when that winter batch runs. Um, Do you think that... Uh, I know. <laughs> I would love to uh, know what it was two years ago. I'm not yeah, going to make well, you do that, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly not doing that live. So, demo day for the winter batch was on the 6th of April, 2023. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you imagine the program starting, I don't know, what is it, three-ish months earlier... This is sort of start of this year. So there'll be a summer batch coming through soon. They'll have their demo day. There's a few companies on there, but this one had a lot more. Um, but just to give you a timeline of when these companies would have been applying for YC, 
uh, in terms of the proportions. Mm. But anyway, getting into it, I broke those AI companies down into a few different categories based on what they primarily did as a company. Uh, and, you know, starting from the least popular to most popular, uh, we had one in energy and one in robotics. Uh, we had... Surprising for robotics. Yeah. So, I mean, this was AI in robotics. There, there were a couple of other... Like, there's plenty of hardware in there, um, but it just didn't fit this criteria. Uh, there was two in education, two in gaming... Um, including, you know, some ideas that we talked about before, like generating game assets and translating gaming voice acting into other languages, which pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was three in what I would call admin and this very uh, technical category, which I called automating boring shit. Uh, so, you know, ABS. finding... You, yeah. you, heard, you heard it here first. <laughs> ABS, uh, finding sort of boring workflows and, and finding ways to automate them. So similar to some of the companies we've talked about here on the show. Um, next category after that with four was bioscience. So a lot of generative AI in protein discovery and, and pharmaceuticals, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, like every, I reckon every company I looked at had one, one or two of those as well. Yeah, yeah. And it, ma- it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, proteins and, and chemistry at the end of the day is just chains of letters and LLMs are pretty damn good at that. Um, after that, we had two with five each, which was marketing. So sort of Jasper type marketing automation, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And uh, health tech, so non-bioscience health tech. So there was a lot of LLMs for clinical notes and helping Patients get through reimbursement pathways and all yep. that other health stuff that's not sort of the biotech. Uh, we had seven in the world of content creation. There was some cool stuff in there. There was some sort of generate uh, YouTube paraphernalia, so like descriptions and things based on generative AI, uh, a little bit of voice cloning, which seems to be a popular topic at the moment, uh, some generative video, which was cool as well um so a good mix of just all things creating content um where you know that would be used downstream Mm. uh next after that and this is where we're starting to sort of see more and more companies uh as the numbers ramp up we had nine in fintech um so some interesting stuff in there there was some i guess administrative accounting type automation things there was also Portfolio management, compliance, uh, finding R&D tax incentive opportunities uh, (laughs) using AI. Um, A lot of which I felt were kind of like good business idea and then using AI tacked on at the end, (laughs) if I'm being totally honest. Um, But look, the two meatiest categories by far uh, one with 14 was customer support and sales. That was automating, sort of following up with customer emails, populating things in Salesforce, finding you good leads. And I think, mm. you know, the old the old adage around stuff is if you can help other people make more money, then they will give you money. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense to me why, why sales was so popular here. 
a lot of very similar companies in this space. Um, so, you know, I think YC with a batch this big, 270 companies, they're not necessarily picking winners. They're picking concepts. Mm. Uh, and I think in the biggest category of all, with a whopping 39 companies, was API infrastructure and dev tools. So wow. just, you know, we'll run your LLMs or build chatbots in minutes or any of this sort of stuff, code completion, everything sort of developer related. And I think, you know, that's a signal in itself that the world still doesn't know where this is going to land, but there's going to, you know, selling picks in the gold rush uh, yep. type mentality, in my opinion. Not that that's bad, um, but I do notice, you know, over the years I've noticed a strong trend of YC companies selling to other YC companies. Uh, and this very much feels like a continuation of that trend. Yeah, yeah. Joining YC is actually <laughs> a sales tactic rather than an investment tactic for yeah. some of this coming. Now, if I had you to like, if I tried to get you to split these by like uh, into a couple of categories of chatbot being one of them. So chatbot X. Yep. Fancy autocomplete. Yep. And then other, out of their 95, how do you, how do they split across oh. those uh, three categories, you reckon? I would say like at least a third, maybe the half of them, either mention chat GPT or LLM in the name or the description yep. of the company. Um, fancy autocomplete's a little harder to measure, but I'd say like maybe a quarter and then the rest are just other and other is yep. everything from weird and wacky, interesting stuff to I just put AI at the end of my application so I'd get into YC. Yeah, good. Um, any any standouts that you came across? That... Look, I I haven't used any of the products. There's some cool looking stuff in there, and you know, six months from now, which of the two seventy or the ninety five, I guess, are still running, will will give some ideas about what's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, nothing nothing major jumped out at me from this list. Yeah. I think it's going to be so interesting to look back. Like, uh, it's a really good point that you made the demo day was today, meaning they applied a while ago what the summer batch will look like. Yeah. Because I think the hype cycle through 2023 has grown. Yeah, and fr from what I can see, and I, I don't know if this is that um, the list for summer 2023 is not up yet, um, given you know, roughly most of the batches in the past have been two to 400 companies, and this one at the moment only has 14. Um, there's, there's still quite a bit of AI in there. Um, you know, just looking at this list, we've got AI sales prospecting. We've got AI travel search, Google flights says AI. Don't really understand AI for code generation on, on mm. dev tickets, artificial intelligence for surgery, uh, artificial intelligence for surveys, artificial intelligence for market research. Yeah. A lot. I would say that almost two-thirds of this next batch, at least those that are listed here, and it's only 14, mind you, there'll be a lot more, I have AI in their description. Yeah. Just uh, I'm wondering what like 
I just have this theory that AI, like Y Combinator has got more and more niche over the last five years. Um, I was just trying to see whether I could back that up with anything, but no, I can't. <laughs> so I'll just make a unsubstantiated claim. Oh, good. That's the best yeah. kind, you know. And, yeah. and I, you know, ob- if it's not obvious to anyone listening, this is not investment advice. This is two dudes who last week tried to invest forty-five bucks, uh, talking about what's going on in this space. So, and and the winner will just get forty-five dollars worth of what do we yeah. say? <laughs> I cannot even remember. Yeah. Anyway, so that's interesting. So we got this kind of spray and pray approach happening with a big focus on trying to pick who's going to be selling the the infrastructure and what are they going to be the the foundational models and major models and major tools in the future. Yeah, and I think this, you know, despite being a different approach to those really large later stage VCs that we talked about, I think it points in the same direction that is everybody has this feeling that AI is going to be big and permeate all industries and take away all the jobs or whatever else, but nobody is confident enough to make bets. So if you Mm. look at the, the later stage, it's bets on the underlying platforms and the big players. If you look at the bets in YC, it's dev tools, so selling picks and... To me, sales is just such a natural thing because if you can give a salesperson something that makes yeah. them more money, they're going to use it. Uh, and so it seems like a, a simple starting point that's pretty low risk. Yeah, and it's going to be really interesting in five years' time to see who the winners are. And the reason is, is that like, and, and I think you just at this point is like, if you back the winner, you got a bit lucky. Um, unless you're one of these big funds because they've managed to get in a position where they, the winners filter to them naturally. But in this space, at the moment, when everyone's when everyone's sitting there saying this is the next thing, that means <laughs> there's going to be a lot of competition in the space. So, yeah, valuations yeah, yeah, will get sure. increased. Competition to be part of rounds will be harder, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so the next one that I wanted to talk about was how these the new I thought I'd look for a new AI focused funds, and then I realized that really it's all just names that were pretty familiar in this space running venture studios. So we got OpenAI Ventures, which has backed quite a few different things, and we've talked about a, a few of them previously as well. Like Harvey AI was backed by them as well. Like there is a lot of They've backed quite a number of different startups and it's a, a great model for them for two reasons. One is that it probably gives them an option for purchasing any new fantastic generative, uh, fantastic model or tech that comes that uh, that comes out, out the side of this that they could end up using and rolling into their product suite. And also it probably locks them into using their models as well. So... If you're uh, Harvey AI, you got to build on top of Bard, or you're going to build on sorry on Palm, or you're going to build on top of GPT four. You're probably going to build on top of GPT four. So um, we can un- kind of understand why these companies are doing it. It's a pretty smart thing to do. 
Um, Databrick Ventures has also got their own as well. Um, they're very focused on kind of data leaky stuff, but there's also an AI, um, an AI focus as well. Snowflake as well. Um, they're probably verging very much more on the data and analytics side of things, but they did have a data science vertical that they were going after. Um, and they're basically anything that pushes more data onto clouds is what they're going after. I mean, both data, Databrick and Snowflake, it kind of makes sense in that, like, this is probably an on-ramp to a, a few acquisitions down the line for yeah. them, if it makes sense, and it exposes them to a bunch of deal flow and understanding of what's happening in the industry yeah. in a smart way. You know, the same way that Google has a venture arm and Microsoft has a venture arm for potential acquisitions down the line, you can see a lot of these, and, you know, even OpenAI to a certain extent, you know, the same way I think that Microsoft slash Google is investing in companies and saying, we'll do some investment as cloud credits. I can imagine OpenAI coming forward and uh, <laughs> and investing. Did I mute? Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, and investing in, you know, random startup, Mem, Harvey, to name a couple that they've invested in and said, yeah, part of this will be services. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then the other one, I looked, NVIDIA doesn't actually have one. Um, you think they would, but they have mm. a in, in uh, alliance program, which has actually NEA is one of the alliance partners, but they basically funnel you to a bunch of different VCs and provide an intro to you. So um, it's kind of almost like, hey, if we think you use enough GPUs and we want to keep, you could potentially, we'll send you to our mates who have money so they pay their money to us to use our GPUs. Um, and then the other two that I want to talk about was Gradient Ventures, which has come out of Google. And it's a new VC arm that's basically f focused solely on AI. I had never heard of them until really? today. No, I hadn't. Um, and they made more than 186 investments to date. Mm. And they've already had like quite a few exits. They've exited to Snowflake. They've exited to um, Nvidia as well. A couple of them. So that was a uh, a good discovery for me today. Um, <laughs> and it's just like I just love seeing it because it's just like it's just like exactly where I think there's going to be a lot of activity in the AI space which is like back office AI that we're never going to see. There was so much stuff that was like, hey, we help optimize this one part of the the flow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um, um, and, and, and then the next one and final one that I wanted to mention was M12 Ventures, which is Microsoft's VC arm. And for how big a part Microsoft has said AI is part of the future, they've only made nine investments that are de deemed as AI. Um, mm, interesting. Which was smaller than I imagined. Um, so maybe, uh, and I think I think they invested in that one that you told me about that you just mentioned that does the R&D cost reduction. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but they've invested in Typeface, which is probably the most famous out of them, um, and then Bonsai, uh, which was actually acquired by Microsoft itself. So... Made, yeah, that surprised me that there was only nine investments by M12 Ventures. Yeah. Well, I mean, nine in the space. They, it's pretty likely that similar to Andreessen Horowitz, like 
they're making investments into companies that are making heavy use of AI but aren't pitching themselves as an AI company. Mm. Are they called M12 like A16Z is called A16Z? Elliot's <laughs> <laughs> counting. Uh, how, how could it be? I don't know. Microsoft VC for an extra two letters or something. Hmm. Oh, well, if you search M12, you get transport for New South Wales M12 motorway, Western Sydney's International Airport Link. That must be it. Uh, yeah, that, it might, they must have named it after the New South Wales Australia uh, highway. If you I can link say. this into Sam Altman and Sam Models and Microsoft and M12 Ventures, then for the ultimate tin tin hat tinfoil hat conspiracy of the day, then. Yeah. I, I look. If you gave me more than fifteen seconds, I'm sure I could find <laughs> a way. But uh, not, not with such short notice. Uh, I think it well, is a shortening of Microsoft Ventures. Yep, there we are. From the look of the Wikipedia page. Very good, very good. So, I mean, look, thinking about this at an, at an overall level, we've, we've talked about a number of different funds and, like, you know, there's probably tons. We didn't touch on any Australian VCs, given no. that we're both in Australia, and we know that there's people investing in, in AI here. A lot of European funds, like, uh, I think it's Air Street, does a whole bunch of AI stuff. But, I, look, I think these are the names that people will be familiar with. How do you feel... Especially given you you're, you're an investor now yourself, obviously yeah. in, a, in a different way. What's your feeling about the way that the investment community is thinking about AI at this point in time? If I sit down and think about what I learned today, is that uh, in my head it, I was surprised at how the big names had not come out and declared AI as the the next major growth area as much as they have. Sorry. I expected them to do it a lot more than they had on their websites and from the investments they made. I was at whenever, you know, the news has been AI is so hot, AI is so hot, AI is so hot, but these names were involved, but they weren't as involved as I expected them to be. Um, and then as well, looking through it as well, there's no clear cutting strategy, as we said. The only, like the, the most poignant, strategy that i saw was a16z talking about generative ai taking away any putting jobs at risk of anything that humans create and other than that it was just very spray and pray and i'm not sitting here thinking i've got a better idea than what that is because yeah we are it is very easy for people to write a blog post saying that this is the changing the next iphone this is the iphone moment this is the a fundamental shift in technology but it is pretty hard it is so early stage there is so much moving around there's a lot of like external factors going on at the moment as well people are a little bit hesitant after the crypto tide receded as well that um it is pretty hard to put money in places um and i think it's pretty clear that people think that it will they're going to try and take a bet on it being here in the future through bet investing in the tools and the the tools that will help people create AI and every now and again when a use case comes up you jump on it yeah but I think yeah. it's pretty hard to bet on AI as a core if we keep bring if we bring it back 
unless you're building a foundation or a very important model. And then you almost get in this world where it's like, well, it's hard to make that bet because only so many companies can go after that because only so many companies have the capital to be after to be able to go after that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you were to decouple current sort of world, like if, if instead of crypto being the new hotness in pre-pandemic times leading into that mania, let's just pretend COVID and crypto never happened. Um, do you, How different do you think this strategy would be? Do you think this is, a? I guess to rephrase my question, do you think, current economics and sort of the fallout for crypto being huge and then popping are playing into this more reserved strategy or do you think it's a AI is still just really early as a technology? I think AI is still really early as a technology. At the end of the day, we've seen a lot of major, major developments in the research space and the fundamental model performance but we're still seeing i think we're gonna over the next 12 to 18 months see ai integrated into a lot more things and as that happens we're gonna start the more ai the more ai there is the more ai there's going to be people are going to include it even more and I think we will look back. I think we're still very early stage at the moment, but I think we will look back in two years and talk about how quickly it moved. Um, is 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 my answer there? Yeah, interesting. I, I I think now is the time to invest. Yeah, and and make these bets, but I don't think it's easy to say what is going to win here. Yeah, yeah, and I. You know, I think uh, somebody told me about this today. There was a write-up in Forbes uh, about the team from Stability, about how, you know, their valuation at the core of it and, and some of their claims and everything else may be overinflated. And we might start to see some of these big names and these big valuations start to unravel over mm. the next little while. And I think... There's going to be a sobering, I would say. Like, I think, would you say it's fair that we're in a bubble? I think if you looked at NVIDIA's share price at the moment, where it's trading at like 70 times earnings or something like that, Mm. you probably could point towards there be quite a bit of heat in the market. Um, It's, there's, NVIDIA would have to do a lot of growing to justify to to grow into that price share price that it currently has yeah and i think that is probably true in the private markets as well in that there are and the other thing that i look at here is that there's not that many investments by these big players and when they do they cut there's usually two of them in it and so I think that there is a and there isn't much else going on other than follow on and save my save my portfolio rounds at the moment. So when an AI company does come through, competition is probably pretty fierce to be involved in that. 
because of the other dynamic that we talked about. There being so much money sloshing around as well. If you're NEA and a company that could be good comes along, you got six billion dollars to get rid of in the next two years. That's pretty hard to do. So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna invest in that uh, in that company that comes along. And if you pay a valuation of fifty million dollars or sixty million dollars, you're not gonna care. You just want to get that money out the door. And so there's go there's few companies. There's few companies and there's a lot of money. So I think, yeah, valuations are going to be hotter than you would normally expect. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. And I guess, you know, even in a 10-year fund, given how much money has been deployed even over the last 12, 24 months, there has got to be a certain game being played of, you know, we could wait 12 months and half these companies will have disappeared and that doubles our odds of success. <laughs> That's assuming four times don't come on the back of it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it is It is hard to know, but I, I, I feel like almost when everybody says it's a bubble, like, you know, it's very late into it being a bubble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you just do the maths on like how many deals are getting done outside of AI versus getting done in AI and how much money there is still be to, to get rid of by these companies that like it's going to it all points towards pressure on valuations yeah. and I, it, you know some an article that came up this week um, that was promptly somewhat taken down by OpenAI was uh, and we posted that in the discord as our plug for please join the discord uh was you know open ai's plans according to sam altman by uh, the human loop team yeah can and you give it a summary because i didn't get to read it because it got taken down by the time yeah so. it's it's on archive if if you uh, oh, want it but look the the plans according to that post as i summarized them were that uh open ai is heavily gpu limited at present and that's the point i want to come back to um, number two, their roadmap is mainly to make GPT-4 cheaper uh, because they think that that price is a barrier to mass adoption. They don't believe that plugins have product market fit uh, and they're not quite working the way they wanted them to quite yet. Uh, they're taking a deliberate strategy not to compete with their customers other than on chat GPT. Uh, big push for regulation, which we've seen a number of times. Uh, and they believe that scaling laws still hold. And I think those first two points being GPU limited, wanting to make ChatGPT4 cheaper, and at the same time believing that scaling laws still hold, indicates to me that the bubble may pop due to supply chain issues in that NVIDIA even with its wonderfully high share price, cannot make yep. compute and deploy compute to data centers fast enough to keep up with demand. Mm-hmm. So that means the implication of that is development cycle on companies gets infinitely way more expensive yep. or it takes way longer or most likely both. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, these these investors... Yeah, let's take uh, Andreessen Horowitz there investing in, say, character AI and Hippocratic AI and open AI. They're all competing for the same GPU time. Yep. 
And it's, it, you know, they have to at some point say the more companies we invest in, the more they're going to compete with the same pool mm. of resources, which are limited beyond our control. So they may be much better off putting 10 times the money in fewer bets to allow them to weather the forthcoming increase in GPU time. Yeah. And it's, it's the other thing that I've been thinking about here as well is that like these names that we've mentioned that have been invested in by the big players, are they going to be the names we're t- most likely the names we're going to be talking about in the next few years just because they hit a scale where they were getting $50 million checks? Did that mean that they were able to get GPU, get talent, and also it get a first mover advantage, but not necessarily, but it's like, it's not even that. It's like they've got the money advantage. They've got, they've got the manager to just like weather this period where there's massive changes, potentially pivot once or twice or fundamentally change what they do just because they got a, a big check from one of these players. Not saying that they didn't deserve that big check, by the way. Yeah, I, but I mean, this is, you know, that book Blitzscaling, which talks about Uber and, and similar companies. You know, that is the strategy. It's grow these companies fast enough that even if they're running at a loss, it doesn't matter. They have the capital and the growth trajectory to basically push everybody else out of the market. And then much like Uber is doing now, they then start to put the squeeze on yeah. making a profit. So really, we should just all put our money in AWS and Azure and <laughs> Google Cloud. Yeah, yeah. Well, or you know, go a layer deeper and go Nvidia, or try and find some uh, some mining companies that are uh, deeper in the supply chain. Yeah. Uh, now we should do a hardware episode one day as well. See what's happening. Yeah, there. absolutely, man. I mean, there's so much cool hardware and, and these and custom ASICs and all this stuff coming out that uh, be worth diving into and, and doing and a bit of a people are going to be looking at NVIDIA's valuation and go, I want some of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, mate, we did it. We made it to 50 minutes. We did. We gave, we did. We gave the people what they want. According to our interpretation of what the people want. 100%. Well, good stuff, mate. This, you know, as always, was an absolute pleasure. It's always fun and interesting to talk about this stuff with you. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. It is really awesome. You know, the uh, the show last week came off a, a comment saying somebody wanted to hear more about startups in the space, and, and we did it. So you know, we mentioned this a second ago, but there's a Discord link in the show notes. Jump on. Uh, we drop links in there. We have conversations about stuff. It's a uh, good place to be. And we look forward to seeing more people join us on there. Good stuff. Goodbye, everyone. Ta-ta for now. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you're liking this content, make sure you subscribe and like so we keep on going. And if you have any questions, make sure you hit us up on Twitter, join our Discord, or leave them in the comments below. Thanks again. It's...